Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Unnecessary Noise. I'm your host, TJ Tullock, and uh, this is episode number 25. At least, episode number 25 as I proclaim it to be. Okay? This is, this is the new 25. Technically, it might be 26, but there's a lost episode that I deleted. That's right, I wasn't a fan. And if you were lucky enough to download it, all two of you, then you know what? You have a collector's item. It's like one of those misprint cards, hockey cards. I'm using an analogy that no one under the age of 20 is going to get. But back in the day, they used to have these things called hockey cards and used to trade them. You can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. And uh, the and every so often you'd get these ones that are like misprinted and off kilter. And those would be super rare because it's like, oh man, the card company messed up. It's a screw up. But then it's like worth a lot of money. And then the internet came out. And you didn't have to buy packets of uh, pieces of cardboard with pick players' pictures on them. Sometimes I had gum in there. You ever been in like an old... <laughs> You ever been in like these old card shops? They still have them now too, by the way. There are still old specialty card shops. Like Pastimes, Hobbies, and Games is still going on. And the reason I think they're doing that is because they've conglomerated all the weird nerdy collectibles into one. Like sports collectibles are always going to be a big thing. You know, they they still a lot of old money in sports collectibles. But I don't think people do it as much anymore. Like, there's still the nostalgia factor. No one's, I don't think, I don't know if anyone's really collecting cards anymore. I just don't know. But they've gotten rarer. And the problem with collecting cards now is it's a lot less accessible. You know, you don't have the, I can't go to the store and buy like six packs of Opichi. That was the name of a brand. Yeah, Opichi. I think that was the Canadian, was that the Canadian brand to Tops? Pretty much the exact same cards. One was like Tops and one was Opichi. Then they had Pro Set. But anyway, they conglomerated all of these. Like they conglomerated all of, uh, I like saying conglomerated, all of the hockey cards and like Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, you know, Warhammer, because that's a thing. All these like model, like model airplanes. You can go, go into these stores and buy all that weird, quirky stuff that you don't really use anymore. Maybe you want to get your kid into it, but he's, like, bored, too busy wanting to play on the PS4 or Xbox One or PC. He's too busy twitching. Yeah. Yeah, I know my lingo. I'm hip. That's why you listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, I... I <laughs> I liked, but the point, I get, I don't even know what the point was. Uh, the point was there was a podcast and uh, that was on here for a brief second, a brief moment in time. It was a wrinkle. It was a blip. And I titled it episode 25. And it was okay. Like, it had some moments. There were some highs and some lows. I was trying to explain this movie I saw that was really interesting to me. And then I listened back and, like, the first half of this podcast is it stunk i wasn't a fan so i'm like i do i want to put this out they're not saying that anything else that i put out is anything sort of even remotely worth listening to but it's better than what i had like even i have a bar 
And that, that was well below my threshold of listening quality, of engaging listening. And I, I'm going to summarize what I talked about in it. I talked – yeah, that's <laughs> cool. So basically I'm writing a podcast on a podcast that I deleted. It's like very Inception. So the one I talked about, I, I did a – I watched a movie called Death of Stalin and that's – I spent the first 10 minutes rambling and trying to ad-lib about Stalin. But I'm like I don't know enough about the Russian history and that side. I was fascinated by the movie and I was fascinated by like – Khrushchev and the way they portrayed it into a comedy and the way History Buffs, which is a YouTube channel, uh, dissected the film. And so I was thinking about this while I was talking about it. There was a lot of ums and ahs and stutters. And for the most part, I've gotten over that. You know, there's still times where I will still look for a word, but it's not as bad as it used to be. I think I can do the solo podcast well. When I'm talking to a friend, though, and trying to formulate a thought and listen at the same time, that's my next big trick. That's the next big one. But getting back to the podcast that I was doing, this imaginary, this imaginary, not imaginary, the, the one that I did that no longer exists, except from the hands of those few people that are rare enough. Maybe I'll do a clip show and I'll... Do one for like the hundredth podcast and I'll like just introduce my best clips from here, which will be, it'll be a very short episode, but then I'll have like a clip from the lost podcast and that'll be, that'll be what I do. Just look at how far we came. <sighs> no, I was trying to get into talking about this movie, The Death of Stalin. And it's a, like I said, it's a great movie. It's all about Nikita Khrushchev's rise to power after the death of Stalin and just the paranoia that, that ensued there. And I tried to get all witty with it and, and like get into the politics, like Russian politics, which I know nothing about. Okay. So I, I just learned to stay in my lane. I'd rather make a really good steak than try and experiment and make a really terrible sushi roll. Like I tried it. It didn't work. Not going to make that again. going to go back to doing what I'm doing. So, long story short, Death of Stalin, great movie. You want to hear some history on it, go check out the YouTube channel History Buffs, and you'll learn all about what they do is they'll take a movie, they'll give you the historical background on the first half, half of the episode, and then the second half will be assessing the historical accuracy of the movie. And I couldn't say that, I couldn't articulate that in my original episode for this. So... Anyway, that's why it's deleted. That's why this whole podcast is an apology. The whole 25th podcast, 25 episodes in, we're apologizing for the last podcast. Is this thing, is this cast created in Canada or what? How Canadian? Creating a podcast, apologizing for the previous podcast. I love it. I love this. All right, so um, what else did I talk And then I jumped around, I think. I talked about, like, Saturday night's main event and stuff, so... Whatever. This one, I think after we get through that, I just got through that, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I've been up to, just wasting time and, and other things. Just other ways that you can just have your frame of mind completely switched around. Okay, so I wanted to talk about uh, the first thing. I've been hella busy. 
All right, been hella busy lately. I wanted to get this podcast out because that last one was not done. And I've been trying to meet up with this other guy. So, Tim, if you're listening, don't take this one personally, buddy. I apologize. We are going to meet up. I, I know you messaged me on Facebook. I saw that. I screwed up. This, this one's on me, all right? I gave up the jack to center field. I'm tapping my chest and tipping my cap. I'm sorry, big dog. We're going to meet up, though. This is going to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I basically am just doing this just before I start another shift at an undisclosed location. I'm a high-ranking high uh, person. People know me. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you where or who. I'm like, I'm like the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files. That's, that's just, but that's, I'm doing this before I start my shift. Only I don't, and I don't smoke. But that's, that's kind of the the position I hold. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Anybody that's listening to this is just rolling their eyes. Um... (laughs) No, but it's been uh, it's been it's been busy, and um, like I said, I wanted to get this one done. So I wanted to talk about though. I did the boys and girls uh, BC basketball provincials. I was an announcer for that, and it's really interesting going into being an announcer for the for the boys and girls provincial tournament because everybody has an amazing voice there. Okay, and I think I have like an okay voice. I have an all right radio voice. I think I'm nice to listen to. Like, you can tell that I'm saying something and I'm saying it really animated. But I don't necessarily have the best announcer voice. I think I can get get loud. And I think I can yell. But I don't think I have that deep voice that so many of these great announcers have. Like, I I met this one guy. I think his name's uh, Stephen James. And he's probably... I think he's... I think this is the... uh, He's the announcer for the SFU basketball team, and he is phenomenal. He has a voice that is two octaves lower than Barry White, and it sounds amazing. Good Lord. You would never suspect it. He comes up to me, and he's, he's nice and he's nice as guy. Hello, TJ. Like, just, I can't even do it. Like, I, that was a horrible John Wayne impression. Like, imagine that, but good. Right? That, it's, it's so much lower than mine. I can't even imitate it. But you have like six or seven of these guys, all of them with low voices, all of them announcing games. We probably had something like 300 games over the span of like two weeks. It was it was phenomenal. It was crazy. And it was a lot of fun. So I can do – I can tell you how I call. And uh, I'll see if I can I, – I, I'll see if I can do um, – I'll do I'll do a call. I'm trying to I'm trying to like learn the lingo. This is the other thing too. I had to come in early to make sure I knew the lingo. I wasn't screwing up too too much. And I got real I think I got really good at it by the end. It took a while, but the best way to learn how to announce I think is by doing tournaments because you have to learn people's names on the fly. You have to learn how to say certain things, and you get reps in. And that's the biggest thing for announcing. They say it takes 10,000 hours before you get good at something. And I think that um, with announcing basketball, like I've always been a fan of basketball. I think that it's the only sport I played in high school on a team, grade 8, got pneumonia. 
was a solid forward for about three weeks. The only team we ever beat with dominance, any sort of dominance, was Langley Christian. So we, I went to Ari Mountain Secondary. This is back in the day, like, if you're from the lower mainland, Ari Mountain's a big school now. It's got a nice event center, and that's kind of where the provincials are held. So there's a big athletic culture there. There's a lot of soccer that goes around. When I was going there, and this is going to date me, the thing was a giant, like, it was just a giant farm pasture, and our rugby field was built on a septic tank. So it just stunk. It smelled like cow patties when you would play there. It was so, it was just such a crummy field that every year, uh, we get somebody, we do an obstacle course, and we get one of the guy's dads, one of the dads from the PTA, had an excavator, and he would just dig up, like, a pit, and we would run through this pit and fill it with mud. And, uh, and that would be the game. That would be one of the, the things in the obstacle course. It would just be, like, this big, massive scoop that was about, I don't know, five feet deep. It was, like, a little tough mudder. But no, now it's, now it's a legitimate... Uh, that's a legitimate thing. And like I said, basketball was the only sport that I really ever was interested in playing on a, on a high school team. So I ended up playing, I played that for a bit. And then, uh, yeah, I, I just doing this announcing, I never really understood some of the rules, which is never a good way to go into a sport. <laughs> like if you're going to announce a sport, you should know what it's about. Like the whole team foul things. Thing, I, I, I had no idea. I, you know, oh, that's so-and-so's team foul. This is his, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a name. Eagles foul assessed to number one, Ben Molotowinick. That's his first foul of the game. Second team foul for Mountain. Now stepping to the line for the Saints, Gord Myron. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I would say it. It didn't, uh, maybe not as, maybe not as obnoxiously, but somewhere in the lines, somewhere in that vein, you're going to get, hello there, now stepping to the line. But I had, you know what the nice thing about that is? Right now, it's a different type of mic, too. Right now, you're hearing the unfiltered, low-reverb version of that call. Like, you know, now stepping to the line, taking his, <laughs> stepping to the line for two. Ben Molotowinick. I just remember Molotowinick thinking that was a great name. You know, I think people liked my calls too. Like when I would call, I would go ape on on the mic. Should I do it? Should I do it right now? I'm in, I'm at my work right now. Ben Molotowinick! Yeah, there it is. There it is. There's a good call. I don't know if this is soundproof. I don't know if I'm in a soundproof booth right now. No one seemed to know it. Notice. I'm in like a glass case of emotion. It's pretty funny. So yeah, it was something like that. People liked it. It was exciting. But uh, I, I wonder if, and I started to think about this, because I, I get into a panic, like I'm not good enough for anything. And this is one of my biggest problems. I don't know if you guys have this. I am very insecure when it comes to a plethora of things. I have no self-confidence. That's why I think maybe I just do this podcast on my own and don't have the, well, that, and I'm lazy. I don't like having to set up a meeting with people and have the time to like talk, actually sit down and talk to them. Like sometimes that gets a little bit of a drag because then I got to drag my gear out and stuff. But, uh, 
no, I I think that I get I get a little self conscious, like oh, I do not deserve to be here. That that is the that is the modus operandum on a lot of things that I that I do. But uh, the, so I I over prepped for this basketball tournament. I started learning. I learned everything, and then yeah, the fact that combined with the fact that uh, I was getting a lot of reps in, by the end of it, wasn't sounding too bad. So now I got midget wrestling, I've got volleyball, I've got basketball, I've got hockey, I've got uh, football. Man, I'm a, I'm an announcer. I want MMA. So if you're listening and you know anyone that announces MMA or needs an announcer for an MMA tournament, you let me know because I I want to be there. I want to be the Bruce Buffer. Okay, that is that's the dream. Come out in a suit and tie and rip it up. Baba Booey. <laughs> anyway, so that, that was, that's that been my week. That and then, uh, oh, man, I am, like, between that, jumping around with my other job and then uh, playing, uh, playing PlayStation 4. Oh, God. I forgot how much I love video games. And I got to talk about this because it's so bad. Just how much you get engrossed into a game, and, or I will get engrossed into a game. And just how how sad I think certain things are. Like, that just maybe with me. And this is a little self-reflection here. I don't know. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. But uh, I, <laughs> I've, I've got Fallout 4, as I, I just mentioned. And I'm a little late to the game with the PlayStation 4 thing. If you've been following the podcast, I bought one a little while ago couple people talked me into it mostly it was an excuse to set up twitch and then i got tired of trying to set twitch up and i just ended up just normally playing video games i think i like doing like here's the thing i like lying down this is it sounds so gross just i like being like lying down like on my bed and being disgusting when i'm playing video games right you know you just you're in your, you're in your shorts you got a beater on it just, I am like, I've got like a thing of chips there, just munching away. I don't want to, like, I, this is, this is the moment where you're just, I am going to be gross. I'm just going to play video games. I'm going to veg out. I don't want to be on. Like doing this is what I, was when I want to be on. And this is great too, because you can't see me. I'm like John Cena up in this joint. You can hear me. You can't see me. And that's, I mean, but I'm still doing a show. I'm probably looking a lot more professional doing this show than I do playing video games. And again, it's it's tough too because I coming from this broadcasting mentality when you want to when you want to quote unquote broadcast yourself uh, doing video games, it's it's not. I don't know if it's entertainment. Like you're watching the real reactions, and then you get like I. I want to do a show for people. Like, I want to entertain someone, but I can't do that when I'm trying to kill feral ghouls. Yeah, that's a thing. Feral ghoul. Uh, when I'm playing uh, when I'm playing this dumb, this Fallout 4, which is not a dumb game. It might be the greatest game of all time. And I'm not saying that lightly. I, there are certain games that I can, I can just play forever and just never get... I can get lost in the world. Like... Fallout, Fallout 3 was amazing. 
and that 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 game, I'm still mad at that uh, they didn't bring in Three Dog for the, any of the other games. Three Dog was the radio announcer for for Fallout Three. And if you don't know what that is, the whole story is I'm going to give you the backstory to Fallout. I guess like in the 19th, like the the thing is set in a post-apocalyptic world that's an idealized version of what the 1950s thought the world was going to look like in 2030. Does that make sense? So like take a picture uh, someone drew in 1950 of what they thought the world was going to look like in 2030 or something. And then just imagine somebody nuked that picture. And that's what you get. So you get a lot of like these weird streamlined like Coke bottles and, you know, all these weird little like cool looking cars that are like almost Jetson like looking cars with nuclear reactors in them, but they're not really Jetson cars. And then they've got some like stormtrooper stuff. Everything looks like they had a lot of chrome on it. The buildings look like they were part of like middle America, small town America uh, and it's very cool. It is a very, it's just a very cool world that is inhabited. It's an open world sandbox. You're basically walking around with your pet dog, trying to find stuff. And there's always something cool around the corner. I don't know why I'm explaining. Most people that are listening probably understand what Fallout is. But the, like I said, the whole thing is there was a nuclear war at one point. People had built vaults, kind of like they did in the 1950s. You know, people would build a bomb shelter. Well, they ended up evolving in this fictitious alternate universe. They ended up building vaults that you could go down into and survive. So people survived these nuclear wars for like hundreds, for like 100 years, I don't know, a couple hundred, whatever it was. And finally, like, they're just coming out of their vaults. Now, the trick is, though, the big secret is... The vaults were actually uh, commissioned by really rich people to to own, so that like to like run experiments on humans, uh, so that like when they have to leave the planet Earth, they they can in the best way possible. So like some people were getting like while they were in these like cryostasis, some some people were in suspended animation, and like some people were like exposed to you know, weird plant funguses, so they became huge mutants. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. So, you, so you're experiencing, you're coming out of these vaults, trying to reestablish civilization. Some people have already been out for a while, and uh, it's, it's really, it's just an awesome, it's just an awesome game. So Fallout 3, Fallout 3, your dad is a scientist. He's voiced by Liam Neeson, and he takes, he takes off, for capital city somewhere through and your whole mission is to find your dad you get kicked out of this vault and you have to go find your dad okay so um i guess you end up doing it and then follow yeah i'm not gonna go through all of them but the cool thing is follow new vegas is good too just trust me it's a good one but the not as cool terrain then follow follow four is just you're in boston and you fall asleep before the crash. So basically, like, you're alive in the early 2000s when the atomic bomb hits, and you get rushed down into the vault and frozen. While you're in cryostasis, you wake up to see your wife and child, who are in the cryopod 
beside you or in front of you, uh, your baby taken from the wife and your wife shot in the head. Like it's, it's awful. And you're just like, no, ah, then you wake up and then you have to go figure out what happened and that's it. And you wake up and it turns out you're living in Boston. They have a thing called diamond city, which is actually your, the entire game is based out of Fenway park. It's amazing. It's a fun game. So you can tell, like, I just spent the past 15 minutes talking about it. I haven't even scratched the surface. You can tell this is the most passionate thing I've been a part of in a long time. Like, I, I was telling you about announcing, and I should be more excited about that. But no, I'm engrossed in this game. It's like, this game, you spend the most majority of your thing walking and picking up stuff. And I shouldn't be this excited about it. But I am. It's an awesome game. I love... I love the Fallout series. And, uh, no, I I think what I was going to say is it's tough because you get engrossed in these characters. And I can easily see how being, being a character in, in a video game is so, sometimes so much easier than real life. Right? Like, you know, I, it's so funny because these pre-programmed responses – they just they give you such pick me ups. Oh, the funniest one is too. It's like when I do. Um, oh God, I'm such like I love the fact that I'm such a ladies' man in in these nuclear Fallout games. <laughs> First of all, my character always looks awful. I put like the bleach blonde hair. I think he's got a bleach blonde goatee. I made him Scott Steiner, and if you don't know who that is, Google him and just Google his promos because you'll have fun. You'll have a fun five minutes. He's a pro wrestler from like. 19, 1990s, mid, mid, late eighties, early nineties, but like late nineties, he, he bleached his hair and he became this ridiculous promo, huge arms. But so anyways, but he's, my character is like the biggest ladies man in this game. He's got charisma coming out the wazoo. What is the wazoo? What is side note? Yeah. Let's talk about that. What is the wazoo? Is that like, is that your rear end or is that your nose? What is the wazoo? Can anyone tell me what the wazoo is? Like, you know, I always hear that phrase, like up the wazoo. That was an old one, right? That's an old, that's an old slogan. Some people are going I never heard that. Well, you know what? You did now. And I'm pretty sure that's, that's a slang. What is the wazoo? Where is the wazoo? Sounds like a Dr. Zeus character. Who? The wazoo, what you do, number two, number three, it's a heedle dee I don't know. I Now I'm just rambling and scatting. Like that's like beep bop a doo bop. Toe tapping jams with, this is, this is what this podcast is devolved into. I've got 30, I've got a good 30 in and all you're getting is just, now it's just, okay, he talked about Fallout and uh, you're, you're, now he's just rambling like a crazy man. No, but just when I think I'm getting used to getting like getting used to like being outside of the real world, I start getting these urges. Like I'm just like I want to go play Fallout again because it's so funny just how how long and boring when you think about the game and just the extensiveness of the game and how much there is to do. You feel so accomplished when something happens and it's so much like real life except for the fact that you can be you can be a lot more successful in that game and it does have an endpoint 
He's like, I have to beat this. I'm curious to know what's over there. There's so much in here. And it's super glitchy, much like life. But yeah, it is, it's one of the funnest games. And uh, I definitely recommend it. So there's that. Why, why would I even say? Why do I have to say that? Like, there's that. I can't segue. I need to work on my segues too, right? There's that. <laughs> I did a little. I really need video for this. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think I am setting up some video stuff with uh, with some people over at um, at CIVL. So hopefully, stay tuned because we're going to be working on some of that stuff soon. One last thing I wanted to say, because I've been wanting to ramble about this for a while, as I take a drink. I wanted to defend Hulk Hogan on one thing. I'm I watch do you guys do do you guys watch lists? Like do you watch these top ten lists? Cause I am a, this is another thing like between Playing PlayStation, my new discovered, my recently refound, rekindled love of playing video games and watching top 10 lists, uh, I'm done. You can just write me off. I just go home and veg. I make sure I get to the gym. Otherwise, I'd be like, I'd be like 700 pounds because I don't eat well. And, and that's, <laughs> but I think that like between those two things, I'm, I'm out. I need to be productive, guys. So, do you, do you watch lists? What is what type of lists are you watching right now? Because I'm I'm all about the top ten uh, from what culture and cultaholic. Uh, There's both wrestling based ones, and I I am a big pro wrestling fan. And then I get mad, and you don't re- like I don't I never realize it's like being a movie it's like a movie critic. You're you're mad at somebody's opinion. You know, and this is what it all comes down to. You can't get mad at someone's opinion. Even though it's wrong, it is so wrong, and you just get mad because it's like you didn't you weren't you didn't grow up in the time frame and you don't understand what you're talking about. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Feeling a little triggered right now. Just a bit. Not too much. So I'm gonna tell you about the one I always have, have trouble with is the fact that everyone Hates on Hulk Hogan for winning, okay? And, and they they like to – people love talking about this stuff called armchair booking. Now, I don't know if you guys know about pro wrestling, too much about pro wrestling or not. I had this discussion with one of the announcers, and, like, he he wanted to inform me that he's like, oh, I can't stand it. It's so hokey. It's not a real fight. Of course it's not a real fight. Now, the grown man doesn't come out and shoot flames from his hand. That's what Kane used to do. Mick Foley didn't grow up in a boiler room. <laughs> the Undertaker isn't really controlled by an urn. An urn. This is, like, this is stuff you don't have to explain, and I'm quoting Max Landis, because wrestling isn't real. It's a it's a story. It's a it's a show about a wrestling corporation. And if you can understand that, if you can get behind that, you can understand. It's just a funny, weird universe. And some of them are more real than others. 
But the one I always laugh about is, so you got these guys that are talking about, they always make lists on, oh, what happens if it was real? And, you know, who's, who are the best wrestlers? Who are, who are the best booked? And they call it booking, right? And that's what they call it. Instead of, instead of writing the show, it's called booking the show. Because it is a live show. And you got a lot of other stuff on there. So they're booking, they talk about how they never liked Hulk Hogan. A lot of guys, a lot of these new generation guys don't like Hulk Hogan because it seems hokey. And uh, Hogan never put anybody over. The thing is about, and I'm going to talk about this because they don't, in, the, in an ideal world, I guess they all want everybody to have a run as a champion. The problem is though, like, you, you want a superstar that doesn't build a superstar, and Hulk Hogan, this is the thing about these guys that don't remember what was going on. Hulk Hogan was the biggest thing on the planet at the time. Everyone was watching the WWF back in the 80s. Like it, 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 it had bled over into pop culture. Very few times wrestling does this. There, there are like maybe two or three blips. You know, you always, you can, it's always a fringe part of the pop culture lexicon. So, like, if you if you conglomerate the 80s, like, 70s, you can't even really do it because it was all territorial, you know? 80s, maybe in the 50s, you could argue that there was some really hokey stuff with, like, Luthez. You know, you'd watch it, you're, you know, you always hear your grandparents talking, oh, yeah, Saturday nights, they always have wrestling programming on because wrestling was relatively cheap. You know, it was cheap. It was just, you one one camera, it was a ring, you just, it was... You knew it was on every night. It was something to throw on that people could watch. And it was just easy programming. And it, it, it was. It was easy programming. So, uh, the, there maybe, so you got 50s, maybe, the 80s is when it broke through. 80s, it was a bunch of these little fringe groups were bought out by Vince McMahon, who had a deal with the cable companies, and they made millions of dollars doing it because he also dumbed down the storylines, right? He dumped down what it was to be a professional wrestling fan. And he made it comic booky. So you had, I mean, if you look, if you think about the 80s, what do you think about? You think about the Goonies, you think about Michael Jackson, you think about Cindy Lauper, and you think about, you think about, uh, you know, maybe, you think about Hulk Hogan. You know, maybe the Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that was the thing. The idea was Vince kind of geared it towards kids. He made it more superhero-y, and he put it on Saturday mornings. He also tied in the music industry, right? Cyndi Lauper was a part of the first WrestleMania, and she was huge at the time. If, in fact, I, I say the Goonies, this is, and I didn't even mean to, but it, it kind of ties in. I mean, you could argue, like, obviously, Indiana Jones, the first Batman. Yeah, those are other things, part of the 80s, too. Also very comic book pulp kind of things. The Goonies... Which you could argue was like the kids version of like an Indiana Jones, a fun adventure, was uh, their music video, which was done by Cindy Lauper, had all the wrestlers in it, all the '80s wrestlers. You know, I mean, it was it was a funny, it was just a fascinating little time in history. 1990s, late '90s, kind of cycle around again, right? Early 90s, not so popular, kind of dipped down. We all forgot about it a little bit. By 91, everyone was sick of wrestling. And then around 98, uh, Steve Austin comes out. You know, the whole middle finger thing. They changed it. They got the edge out. Like, you know, the edge back. You know, they completely took away the 
Hulk Hogan swinging your prayers, eating your vitamins. And then you got Steve Austin and The Rock and like Taker's, Undertaker suddenly big again. And then from then it kind of tapered off and it's always just kind of there. You know, it's just, it's just because there's so much programming every week. You know, it's always going to be on some station. And that's why you get John Cena memes and like Randy Orton memes and they come through every once in a while. And so that's, there's that there. So you have a bunch of different, uh, you have a bunch of different times where wrestling has broken through. But the first big one was 19, the 1980s, where you had all the biggest stars from all these territories coming into one promotion, and that was the WWF at the time, the World Wrestling Federation. Now, getting back to my point about all these people don't, that didn't like the booking of the fact that Hulk Hogan was never putting people, quote-unquote, over, and by that it means letting, him, letting them beat him fairly. Hulk, that wasn't Hulk's job. You don't kill the golden goose that's laying the golden eggs. Or the goose that's laying the golden eggs. Why would you? Hulk Hogan is your champion. People don't go to see Hulk Hogan lose. They go to see the dastardly heel lose. And people are going to say, well, you know, there was always that 1A, 1B guy. You know, you couldn't stop Hulk Hogan at the time. You just, you had, you needed a giant slayer. And that's why, you know, WrestleMania 3 is just iconic. Hulk had broken through earlier in Rocky 3. That has nothing to do with the WrestleMania 3 and Rocky 3 have nothing to do with each other. But that's how Hulkster, Hulkster broke, was kind of the first real pro wrestler in a long time that had broken through into pop culture. Because Rocky 3, you know, it had Eye of the Tiger, it was, it had Mr. T, and... Hulk became this super phenomenon, and he was fun, he was charismatic, and again, I disagree, like, the one thing I will say about Hulk Hogan, Hulkster lost for a lot of his match. The whole point of Hulk Hogan was never that he dominated, was always he made everybody look like he could win, that, that someone else could win. You would get, and then you would get the crazy eyes. And that was the funniest part. Like, every, yeah, okay, of course, it's not necessarily unscripted. It's, it's scripted theatrics. I, I was trying to figure out a way to phrase it. But throughout the course of the match, people are putting Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan is putting the guy over as he's beating him down. So, like, the idea being that, yes, Hulk Hogan never pin gets pinned, but Hulk Hogan also loses for most of the match. So the guy doesn't look weak. He looks weak in the eyes of the Hulkamania. Because what would happen is, now I'm going to explain this. I'm kind of, I kind of jumped around here. I should have explained this first. It's like Hulk Hogan had this idea where it was like Popeye eating his spinach, okay? So stay with me. Um... For, like, most of the match, he would start off strong. He'd come in, everyone's, like, pumped up. He's like, I am the real American. That was his theme. Rip off the T-shirt. And there you go. You'd, he'd start, and then he'd get two big punches in, and suddenly the, the heel would do something dastardly. And he was a tough heel. And he would get, he would pummel the guy down, and he would pummel Hulk. And Hulk would get pummeled for about, get five or six, seven minutes, whatever. And then suddenly he would get the crazy eyes. He would hear the fans cheering 
and he would just get he would get the rumble in his stomach and he would get like jazzed up and revved up and suddenly he would point at the guy and he would just he get these crazy eyes that's the best way to describe it. he he called it feeding on the power of the hulkamania rock did it years later the electrifying man in sports entertainment today and he would say the millions and millions of rock fans hulk had well, hulkamaniacs rock had uh, rock had uh, the rocks fans right that's why he was the quote unquote people's champion so he has these he has these guys and uh, and he, the match usually by then it's just one punch two punch the guy can't the bad guy can't stop hulk and so then it's just a quick finish hulk comes away but it's only it's the same thing as like when popeye would eat, eat its spinach hulk hogan is essentially popeye he was only win because the fans were there and that's what people want to do. People want to be able to cheer Hulk Hogan, get the t-shirt, you know. I am the real American. It's great, man. Hulkster was great. So it's just funny. People don't like the fact that Hulk never... I think the people love, like, athletic, you know. And don't get me wrong. Fast and athletic wrestlers are fun to watch sometimes. But sometimes it's fun to just have a have a comic book match where it's just, you know... A guy has a big fist, and you know it's it's hokey, cheesy fun. And to be honest with you, the matches were the secondary part of those things. The most hokey parts of those matches you always remember, right? It's always the promos, and like I remember, like I'll always remember Hulk Hogan getting the crazy eyes, popping his eyes out, shaking that, shaking the finger. And I still always, and I'll, just like I'll, I'll remember the promos. I don't share any of the flippy matches. They're not, they're not translatable, and this is why I think the WWE has a tough time creating superstars. Like, they have some of the best wrestling they've had in a while, but I think that they don't translate because their promo work's not good. It's kind of forgettable. The guys that have memorable stuff are like Chris Jericho. You know, I used to do the, and I would steal his gimmick. You know, you just made the list. I, I would do that at work. It was a fun, it was fun. It's a fun catchphrase. Right, and so that's that's why I don't think you need you don't need the flippy stuff. You need to be a good, interesting character. And the whole thing was, you came when you watched Hulk Hogan, you watched Popeye. So that's why I get mad at some of these uh, these rowdy these uh, these clowns that are that complain on online that yo they, they never put Hulk, Hulk never put this guy over and Hulk didn't want to do business with this. Of course he didn't. Hulk's not going to lose. Popeye's not going to lose. Like, he's not going to lose the match. He's the guy that wins the war. You may win the battle every once in a while. You may, you may beat him down for a bit, but he's always going to come back. And that was, that was the great, that's the great thing about the Hulkster. Yeah, maybe he overstayed his welcome. But in the 80s, you can't argue. There were a couple times, like, and not only that, he redefined himself as a bad guy in the 90s. I don't know why I'm so animatedly arguing this to whoever's listening, because they don't, I know you guys probably don't care. This is just like a good inside, inside my mind moment. But uh, <laughs> if this somehow gets back to the people at Walt, What Culture and Cultaholic, you know what? I've done my job. Shame on you guys. You should everyone, – everyone got better because of Hulk Hogan. That's my defense. And I'm not talking about this personal life, all the weird stuff 
that Terry Bollea got into. I'm talking about the character. You know, I can separate... <laughs> I can separate Mad Max from Mel Gibson. So I can separate Hulk Hogan from Terry Bollea. And that's... I don't know if that's the moral of the story. That just that went dark. Wow. Um, I think that's. I think that was the last thing I want. I rambled about on uh, on my first podcast, my first go at episode twenty five. But this is a solid entry into episode twenty five. I feel like this is an official. This is an officially recognized episode. Not that the other one wasn't. That one maybe it's like a twenty five a. If that was. Um, you know, if 25 is like the beginning of the New Testament, maybe this, like, maybe the other, the old 25 was like Apocrypha? And what's that, that little, the in-between, in-between the old and the new, they had a bunch of stories. Anyway, I can't remember. That's it for me. I'm calling it a day. Uh, you guys have been great. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at TJ Tullock, uh, at TJ Tullock on Instagram too, drop me a line. Tell me what you want to talk about. We are going to be back sooner rather than later. All right, guys, have a good one. Peace.